the message that I have uh, today is titled Grace and the Fear of God. And to start us off, I'm going to take you to Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians actually, and um, Paul is saying something that's quite interesting. I, I find it fascinating. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. It is necessary to boast, though nothing is gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or out of the body, I do not know, only God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. Paul is talking about himself, by the way. He's very, you know, he's on a boast, but he has to boast. He's trying to show us something. And he's speaking about a moment that he got put into the third heaven. Now, when I heard about the third heaven, I was like, ooh, is this like a VIP heaven, you know, business class heaven? I wonder if I'm going to get into the third heaven. And then doing my research, I found that the, the, the Hebrew people believed that the sky was the, the blue sky was the one heaven, the stars was the second heaven, and the, the third heaven was heaven. So he's illustrating that. He doesn't know where he was, but he knows he was above it all. And he says, And I know that such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, only God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which man is not permitted to speak, words too sacred to tell. On behalf of such a man and his experiences, I will boast. But in my own behalf, I will not boast, except in regards to my weakness. If I wish to boast, I will not be foolish, because I will speak because I will be speaking the truth, but I abstain from it, so that no one will credit me with more than is justified by what he sees in me or hears from me. Because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations which I received from God, for this reason, to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in, my, in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself more effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. What, what an amazing place that Paul finds himself in. And I was led to this scripture because a few weeks back, I was going through a really tough season. 
and I was really disheartened. And it was like a, a combination of bad news and, and it was also like me coming up short of what I really wanted to do and, and seeing my limitations, seeing how I kept falling back and I was feeling really discouraged. And I felt really weak and um, fragile. Like I just didn't have control of it. And, and I, you know, I know scripture, you know, and I know, you know, like my, you know, in my weakness, I am strong. Like I get, like I get it, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really changing anything. I still felt weak. I still felt like I wasn't on top of it. I still felt discouraged. And, and that line, you know, my grace is sufficient. I was like, what does that even mean? My grace is sufficient. That thing of Paul who's telling you here, look, I've experienced incredible things, but yet stuff that I'm praying for, I'm not getting. And he has a revelation of why he's not getting it, but a lot of times we don't. We kind of expect when we pray that we receive. And and like we hear it in so many places too, this whole thing about the prosperity gospel. You know, you, you give and you sow and, you know, when you're Christian, it's like your life is going to be amazing. And so many times it feels like it's not. And I, and I, was, I was wrestling with this, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Not truly getting it. And then... And then I got this. This is the revelation that I got and I'm sharing with you today. It's, um, it's in a parable. So Jesus is he's giving off quite a few parables. This is in Luke 15. And this is the prodigal son. Now I'm sure you know the prodigal son, right? I mean, we're in church. We'd hope you know the prodigal son. But... The prodigal son is about two sinners, not just one. And the Pharisees were saying, look at this guy, he's, he's, he's with sinners, he's hanging out with... And it's good to keep in mind that this is one of the stories he's telling to the Pharisees that are listening. And the prodigal son, of course, he go, he he's the younger son, and there's an older son. And the younger son is like, "Hey, Dad, I I want my inheritance now, not when it's too late. Give me my inheritance, so I I can do what I want." And he and the father splits it in two because he's got an older son, and lets the younger son go out. And the younger son goes out, finds himself like disheveled, in a pigsty, and he's going, what am I doing here? And he's like, if I know if I go back to my dad, at least I, I at least by the very least, I'm not going to be in a pig pen, by the very least. So I'm going to go back. So he, he rushes back, and the father is already greeting him with like a ring, a robe to clothe him, and he's so thankful to have his son come back. But what I'm focusing on is the second sinner, and it's the brother. And this is in Luke 15. Now his older son was in the field, 
And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come back, and your father has killed a fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And many of us will find ourselves as the second brother. There's a couple of prodigal sons here. But most of us, we're the second brother, wondering, why is this guy getting everything? He ran off. He, he did the wrong thing. I did the right thing. And and so this is this is form of jealousy. But here's the thing that I want to highlight. It's entitlement. You feel entitled. We feel entitled. Look how good I'm being. Look how much I've done. Look how much I've prayed. Look how much I'm reading the Bible. And look at them. It's like we're entitled that we're owed something. This is us. But just because you're good doesn't mean that you should get a reward. You're supposed to be good. going to get a gift for doing what you're supposed to be doing? And here's the thing. This brother was not excited by whatever the father was celebrating. If you are truly in league with your, your father, if you're truly working together, what pleases God pleases you. But we feel like we should be not be getting any hardship. I'm a Christian. Things should be working out right. Why is this bad thing happening? Or you see someone who you feel was doing everything correctly and they die and they're left destitute. And you think that's unfair. That's not fair. Look how much good I've done. Look how much I come to church every Sunday. Surely I shouldn't get anything bad happening to me. Right? It's my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. God killed his only son, his beautiful, perfect, only son, so that you could come in and be part of his family. His sacrifice for you was immeasurable. His beautiful, 
perfect son was tortured for you. This amazing person who lived as a man, brought healing, spoke truth, and he killed him for you. Is that not enough? You want more? You think by doing good, better, it's better than that? My grace is sufficient. By being close to God, everything that is His is yours. If you want a fattened calf, go get it. Do you think there's only one fattened calf in God's kingdom? If you want the ring and the cloak, go get it. Don't you think that's there for you? It's, it's tough when you find yourself in that position where you want more. You think you deserve more. That bad things shouldn't happen to you. Don't get me wrong. It's really tough. And you feel kicked. You feel down. You feel weak. But that's when God is strong. That you're not getting in the way of what God's doing. When you're in that fragile state, that sensitive state, it's like you become awake. You start seeing what blessings you actually already have. What already is in your hand. And it's out of that that you can give. It's out of that that you can celebrate the lost. That you can be eyes opened for any opportunity to do your father's business and celebrate with God. The, the thing sometimes we forget as being saved, that what you deserve is death. For your selfishness and what we've been born in, that's what you deserve. Salvation, or as in Philippians 4, that helmet protects your thoughts, gives you like a realization what's actually important, what you need, what you actually need, what you're built for, what, why God saved you, he picked you, chose you, you didn't pick him, he chose you. And always looking over the fence of what should be or what you think should be or what you think is right. You know, the good and evil instead of living in, living with that revelation of Jesus, the cross. There's, there's so many... I guess it, I'm a bit stirred. I don't know if you've noticed <laughs> I've seen many Christians fall away because they didn't get what they wanted. I, I, I had a, a very close friend who was a Christian and when something didn't happen for them, that they were cut 
and they walked away from Christ. Someone that I spent so much time praying with, so many times doing stuff at church, and then when they didn't get their way, when and don't get me wrong, it was a terrible thing that happened, but are you a Christian just to get good things? Do you do good things only to get good things back? Is that the extent of your goodness? So many people, you know, without giving messages, we're telling you how important it is to give out of worship, out of the abundance of love that you feel that you give. Not because you're going to get something back. Imagine that. It's like, it's your birthday. Here's a present to give to me so that you can give me a present. You know what I mean? That's what that prosperity gospel is sort of saying, right? What credit is that to you? But to give out of your lack, to give with that faith that I don't even know where I'm going to get this, but to give like that, that's credit to you, right? Your faith is what's credit to you. When you stand in that faith, when you step out to pray for that person, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? The prodigal son, you see someone in a pigsty, can I pray for you? That step, that's credit to you. I've gone off my notes. I don't know what I was supposed to. What was I preaching about again? Ah, there it is. What we have for you here, Living Hope, is the truth. That's why you're a Christian, because it's the truth. What else is there? You want lies? Go out in the world. You want to live that way? Go out there. What we have here is the truth and live by the truth. That's what's there for you. And yeah, like in this, in the prodigal son, it just oozes with grace, right? He's back. The father doesn't care. Gives him the ring. Grace. Grace. And then there's the other son. Where's the fear of God? There's grace to feel free, to you're blessed. But then the fear of God. The fear of God brings wisdom. That's what knowing the truth is. Is an understanding what it is to be without God. What's out there. The truth. The fear of God. The fear of God leads you to truth. It's the fear of God, knowing that there's an all-powerful creator that sees and knows everything about you. That should have you seeking him, not running away from him. And in this world, I mean, this is what we live in. We're always looking for that more we always want more. There's always something more. I got this, but then I want that. I got a new car, but in three years I want another car. 
you know, got a new house, but then there's stuff to be fixed. There's, there's always more. There's always more. There's always more. And what we're working on right here to understand that grace and the fear of God is to get you in the moment. Have you be awake and have that revelation of all the blessings that God has done now that's in your hand. How your salvation has you. What is in your hand? Praise be to God that he took someone like me and then I can be preaching right now. Thanks to God. Where would I be otherwise? I can't imagine anywhere I'd rather be. Praise God for my salvation. Praise God where you could be. Don't stand outside when the party's going on. Go in the party. Celebrate with God. You'd be eating the fattened calf. There's that thing too, you know, in our, in our lives of our measure of success, what we think is successful. And even now, like, there is truth in the prosperity gospel that when you, you reap, you sow. There is truth. But, you know, like Hebrews 11 will we'll share to you that all these powerful people in the faith, there was many that did not achieve the promises that were promised to them. So was that a failure? Ask God. Ask God what they got. But here, right now, the wisdom that we're after is fear of God. We look at what's coming out of us so we know if we're heading in the right direction. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Good thing we have scripture. In Matthew 12, the good man from his inner good treasure brings out good things and the evil man from his inner evil treasure brings out evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless or useless word they have spoken, that they speak. For by your words, reflecting your spiritual condition, you will be justified, acquitted of the guilt of sin. And by your words, rejecting me, you will be condemned and sentenced. Living righteously, that brings out treasure. It does. It's fruit. It's apparent to everyone. And by God's measure, you will know whether you're successful or not. Not your own. I'm going to finish with this. You know, when Jesus healed people, one of the most common things that he would say is, go now and sin no more. And that wasn't his catchphrase. That's not his brand. Hey, I'm Jesus. Go now and sin no more. You know? This is God, Jesus, caring for you, caring for us. 
leading you to a better life. Repent. Go now and sin no more. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we ask for your wisdom. Father, we know that you lead us into all truth. And Father, we we thank you for looking out for us, taking care of us. We repent, Dad, of all the times that we felt that we were being hard done by, that we take it out on you, get angry at you. Sorry. You've done so much for us. We thank you for Jesus. Beautiful Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We can follow him. Father, you're amazing. Help us to live in that amazing. Help us to see the the trees from the forest. Help us to see above it all. Highlight people that you want us to talk to. Highlight people you want us to give to. Our time, our money, anything. We want about your business and what you treasure and love. And we know it's us. But we work to make you proud. Thank you, Dad, for all those moments that we don't even see. Thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. Help us not to lose sight of everything we already have in you. And help us to increase your kingdom and work for you. Thank you, Father. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Every nook and cranny, every recess of our minds, clean us of all the hard bits that we might have in our heart. So there's no jealousy found in us. Thank you for living hope. Help us to be a living hope. Thank you for the amazing, beautiful things that this house is experiencing and seeing. We're so happy to partner with you, Dad. Keep working through us, Dad. And in your eyes, help us be successful. 